Welcome to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, a ridiculously awesome podcast bursting with insightful commentaries and intriguing conversations on the topics and issues that are on the minds of marketers, advertisers, social media, and PR professionals today. Hey everybody, this is Bob Cargill from Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. So excited to be here with you today. Today is Friday, April 9, 2021, but you'll probably be watching this sometime the week of April 12th, a few days from now. I put it up on YouTube, share it all over social media, on video, and also, of course, the podcast version is available on Podbean and pretty much wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And I hope my podcast is one of those. Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. Hey, hope you're all safe, sound, happy, and healthy. Hope you're all doing well. Today, I have a very special guest. I'm so excited to introduce her to you. Her name is Katie Burkhart. And Katie, say hello to everybody. Hi, everybody. Yeah, and she's gonna introduce herself in just a minute, go into great detail after I briefly introduce her. Katie, so happy you're here. Thanks for agreeing to, to be here as my guest today. So we'll talk and, and talk all about marketing and social media and your business. Can't wait to, to learn more about you. But hey, here's Katie's official bio, folks. She's the builder, founder, and communicator of her business. She wants to eliminate the phrase, it's just a job. She says, we invest too much time in our work for that. Defining matter is equal parts strategic and positively impactful to the world. Katie started by founding Matter7, a firm that builds purpose-driven brands. And she's going to talk all about that in just a minute. And she's also the founder of Matter Pulse, which enables ambitious leaders to run and grow against the double bottom line. Hey, folks, Katie's going to tell you an awful lot more about herself than, than I am. I just wanted to preview her as our guest today. I met Katie through a mutual friend, Jesse Cohn. So thank you, Jesse, for the introduction to Katie. And Katie, if you don't mind, the floor is yours. Tell everybody about your background, what led you to this, this point in your professional journey. Well, first, thank you, Bob, um, for having me here today. I'm really excited to join you um, and to have this conversation um, with you on marketing, social media, and beyond. Um, so my background, you know, how did I, how did I really get here um, is sort of a fascinating thing. For me, it's a very clear trajectory for a lot of people. It's like, I'm not exactly sure how you, how'd you get to where you are. Um, but for me, you know, I've always been a minimalist designer, very focused on, you know, how do we make the most of our time? Um, and I'm also someone that was raised with a very high um, work ethic who valued being productive, who valued the things that I I made the things that I built, the things that I worked on. Um, and when I, you know, as I got older, moved into college and sort of looked out at the world, it was like, wow, there are an awful lot of people out there, you know, who are not getting any fulfillment from their work at all. Um, and we invest roughly a third of our life um, into whatever we do as a profession. Um, and we know that there's a lot of value to doing work, um, you know, to the human, you know, to, to being a person, to longevity, to your brain health, to lots of different things. So how do we start to make that better? Um, and the first place that I started was to say, okay, you know, how do we create these, what, we, what I call a core strategy, purpose, vision, mission, values, um, and strategic narrative. Um, so that there's actually a place where we say, like, we know why we're here. We know why it matters. We know how we're gonna go after, you know, what we're gonna go after, what we're gonna do, um, and what impact that's going to make. Um, and that's really where my branding firm started, um, was working with nonprofit organizations um, and helping them to get more focused. Um, there's an interesting, which we can, you know, talk more about, um, interesting narrative around, um, you know, if, if it's a good thing to do, we should do it. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's your good thing to do. Um, I ultimately evolved that out into working with social enterprises and other impact companies looking to use this model um, and actually building out, you know, the, the full base of their brand so that they're in a really good, well-grounded position to both aspirationally and pragmatically run with the ball. So it's doing good by, by, or doing well, should I say, by doing good. Is that, yes. is that an expression you're familiar with? Would that, would that be a, a simple uh, yes. explanation of, of what you're doing? 100%. Uh, it's, it's a part of that same dialogue. And I think we, 
um, come at it from the angle, you know, there's a lot of conversation around the, you know, person standing looking at the mountaintop saying something aspirational. Um, we sort of come at it from the other end and say, you know, purpose-driven business is actually smart business. And how do we talk about things Love like that. focus? How do we talk about things like um, interconnected intentionality, being deliberate, um, really knowing why you're here and what value you're providing, not only in the short term, but in the long term um, to all of the stakeholders in your, your market. Um, I think that that's, you know, really brings sort of a hard edge to something that I think historically has been seen as very soft. So, so Matter7 is the name of your agency, is that correct? Yes, that and is our branding firm. Can you, your branding firm, your designer by trade, is that what I heard? Yes. So I, my background is actually in, you know, storytelling design um, with a, a, a random high, high degree of project management, um, which has been an, an interesting part of building my firm and, and other initiatives. That is a fantastic combination <laughs> of, of skills because the project management, you know, I've worked in the agency business for, for, for longer than I care to admit, decades, not just years. And, and project management skills, the ability to organize and, and manage uh, projects is, is so, so invaluable. Yes. Um, and something that, um, you know, when you look at my branding firm and, and what we're able to do, and one of the things we did a couple of years ago was like, okay, well, what makes this different? You know, and obviously the fact that we build purpose-driven brands and have done so since we founded um, is, is one of our differentiators. But actually, um, what we found was that the things that our clients found most valuable were those project management skills, were the, yeah. you know, we get things done skills. You know, we're going to make sure that all the, the, the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and everything ties yep. back into, you know, a cohesive brand story, both, again, conceptually and pragmatically um, in how we go about, you know, moving our brand to the next level. Strategy is one thing. Execution is another. another. And I love how you're describing your business and a lot of people in marketing and advertising. And I'll even include myself to a degree in those, that group are leaning heavily on the right side, the creative side, and, and not necessarily the left side, the analytical, the, the more organization, uh, organizational skills. So kudos to you for, for being both left and right brained. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's an interesting um, position to sit myself in. And it's been um, something that I think has definitely um, drawn me to the purpose-driven model. And I think um, it brings in an interesting perspective because I'm, I'm really trying to wed both together to say, we need to talk about both where you don't get to smart business. You get, you know, nice messaging and whatever this, else you're doing on the other side. If you haven't used it yet as a tagline, the line I wrote down purpose-driven uh, is is smart but what'd you say purpose-driven business is a smart business yes something like that i love that 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 Thank is you. phenomenal <laughs> a phenomenal catchphrase you know i do a lot of short videos i could see you <laughs> doing you. a quick video on that and and putting it out there on social media and, and people really paying attention it's just uh very impactful this is uh, maybe a silly question but what's the seven in matter seven it's not a silly question, um, and it was it was wonderful that it all worked out this way because this was you know half half intention, half you know uh, uh, invention. Um, I, I rebranded actually last year in the middle of the pandemic, which was not what we'd intended, but we just we decided to move ahead anyway. We were really excited about where we were, how we had you know repositioned some of our offerings, um, and really to being able to tell our own story a little bit better. Cobbler's children have no shoes. You know we we get to ours after we get to all of yours. Um, and uh, matter and the whole concept of mattering um, really spoke to me personally and my personal mission and, and selfishly, I wanted that in there. But I think it also tells the right story of that aspiration and, and grounded, you know, like matter has a hard and tangible edge to it that we wanted in there. The seven came in that the way we talk about branding is we utilize something called a tangram, which is a puzzle with seven pieces. Um, and it always has the same seven pieces and you can rearrange it to form a ludicrous number of different shapes. Um, and the way we think about branding is that we use your purpose as a guide 
to set those shapes in the right order to tell your specific brand story. But the reality is the pieces are largely the same. You have messaging, you have a website, you have collateral, you have what, you know, the pieces, you have people, you have a team, you know, are largely the same, but we've got to use that purpose to set them just right to you. Um, so that's the first part of the seven. And then we, the, the invention was um, when we did finally solidify our core offering, um, it ended up having seven steps. Um, so we build brands using a seven step process. That is, that is like, Fantastic, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> like when that happens, you're like, you know what? <laughs> this again, it's also combination of left and right brain. I mean, you're thinking things through strategically, analytically, and then boom, you also have that that promotional angle, which is you know where my brain and and heart always goes is you know how can we promote the business? You have so many different ways you can <laughs> promote your business, and you're also very timely and relevant. Relevant, I think, with with the services you deliver, but I want to learn more about the services you deliver. And not everybody knows what a quote, purpose-driven brand is. Can anybody be a purpose-driven brand? Do you turn, should I say non, can I say non-purpose-driven brands into purpose-driven brands? How does that happen? What's the process? So um, the first thing I'll say is we're actually I'm writing content as we speak to put up a page on our website that answers, you know, the, the title of the page is so comma, what is a purpose driven brand? Boom. It's a question we get asked. So I'm, I'm working my way through this. Um, and it sort of ties into um, one of the other things that, I, that I've been working on, which is called um, matter logic, which is where we've actually gone out and said, what is the purpose-driven model? What does it mean to run as a purpose-driven business? Which is very much related to what does it mean to be a purpose-driven brand? Um, you, Bob, I'm sure know that brand is as much about what you say, but is actually more about what you do um, and how aligned are you? You know, your brand is the full experience that somebody gets when they, when they come and talk and, to you. And if I may add what people say about you. Yes. You, you may say you're one thing, but what do you, the, does your audience say about you? So yeah, yes. actions speak louder than words, than words and then how they view you is, is I think very important. I don't know if that. Yes, but we got to start with something in order to introduce ourselves to then get somebody to say something good back. Point. So there's there's a point. constant listening. Um, and, and really for a purpose-driven brand, you're listening to numerous stakeholders versus exclusively to customers. Um, and that's been a little bit of a shift, I think, for some people. Um, but sort of in a very fundamental sense, to get to being either a purpose-driven brand or business, you have to have a purpose. Um, and this is something that is frequently confused or misdefined or defined as other things that it is not. Um, so I, I actually wrote an article recently on, you know, your purpose isn't your ESG metrics. It isn't your inclusion and diversity. You know, these are all things that you as a purpose-driven business probably care about and should care about, but your purpose is your fundamental reason for being. You know, why do you exist? Why do you do what you do? Why does what you do matter? Um, and should be looking to your second question about, can anybody be a purpose-driven business? I am of the slightly less popular mindset that you do not have to be saving the whales to utilize a purpose-driven model. If you're providing long-term value to someone um, and you're abiding by the other principles of a purpose-driven business, you can absolutely take advantage of this model and be really successful. For example, my firm follows the model. You know, if we're going to purport that this is what you should be, certainly we should take our own advice. Um, so we have a stated purpose, vision, mission, values. Um, we do our best to make our decisions based on that core strategy and to act in line with that strategy. And we are even doing our best to start tracking some basic metrics on are we actually doing and making the impact that we claim to be making. So Katie, I want to drill down a little further. So fundamental reason for being is something you said that to me yeah. is a little, if you don't mind me saying so, abstract and, yes. and high level. So having worked in, in the agency marketing world for you know almost 40 years, believe it or not, um, I'm thinking of all the places I've worked, including on my own now for the last four years. And I had a seven year stint on my own in the nineties as well. Fundamental reason for being is, you know, a lot of folks I have seen in business focus on revenue, focus on selling, whatever it is they have to offer, their products and services. Please, if you will, for me and for everybody listening and watching, exactly what could that reason be 
and could you give me even multiple examples? Meaning besides, obviously you make the best shoes or the best bagels. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the ways to look at it, because you brought up a really good I mean, I think I know the answer, but I want to hear from you. No, no, no. (laughs) It's a good question. Um, One of the things, another way to look at this, because I define purpose, but when you look at like being a purpose-driven company or a purpose-driven brand, profit isn't the purpose of the company. Profit is the outcome of identifying and effectively pursuing your focused purpose. So one of the examples that I use- um, that I, I love to talk about because I think they're a great company, um, is a client of ours um, whose purpose is to advance the way we communicate complex information. Um, it's one of the more effective, most effective purposes that I've developed for a company because it hits on a couple of really key points. It is both aspirational um, in that it is motivating and inspiring. It is also pragmatic in that they can make business decisions against whether or not what they're doing is actually moving the needle on communicating complex information. It provides long-term value. You know, they could be working towards this for an awful long time. And even more importantly, it provides value to someone. You know, it's not about them and aren't we great at being the best at XYZ. We're advancing the way we communicate complex information because our customers need to be able to do that better because people in the world need to be able to do that better because companies need to be able to do that better. They're providing value to someone. Is that value that you're providing, is it always, does it always have to be, I would think to be purpose-driven, you might want to be offering that value, not always in exchange for compensation. To, to, so, so I'm getting to the philanthropy sure. so when and, you, once and the you benevolence, et cetera. Great question. So when we um, look at that, we talk about your whole core strategy, which is another piece that I think makes our firm and, and some of my own methodology a scoosh unique from others in that it's not sufficient to say, well, we have our purpose statement, we're good. Or we're a nonprofit, we have a mission statement, we're good. Purpose, vision, mission, values, and strategic narrative are all parts of one core strategy and they each serve a specific function to make that strategy work. So what you're talking about actually moves you down into the mission. What exactly are we doing? You know, Actions and verbs are things we tell people to focus on in the mission. What are we doing to advance the way we communicate complex information? So in the case of this company, they create software that allows you to do that. But one of the other things they do is, is create education. They're outputting content that's free yeah. um, to help people learn more about this. They may be choosing to make a charitable contribution that has something to do with this. They may change how they're delivering business because it makes this better. Um, that's where you start to bake that into your mission. And there are many ways, you know, and, and, and as your organization gets bigger and more complex, your mission will likely have multiple prongs um, to, to really move it forward. I, I'm getting very excited because I, I feel like, so I'm going to be, be, be selfish here and, and focus on me and my brand. If you don't mind, I feel like I am a purpose-driven business because I have always believed especially since the advent of social media and, and people who, who know me will, will, I think, corroborate this as, as a fact that, that marketing should be more transparent, that, that communications should be more two-way, we should listen to our customers, and that we should provide them with education and information for free about our business and about marketing and do that within the industry as well. So, and that's you know, one reason I love having a blog, one reason you and I were talking before yeah. we hit record, um, one reason I have a podcast. So I feel like <laughs> I'm a good candidate. Um, I wouldn't be able to afford your services, but maybe I'm getting free education now to yeah. this podcast that I could make that more of a big deal that, that hey, my mission is to, um, you know, advance the marketing industry into the, you know, new era where um, we have a dialogue with our customers and we listen to them. And, yeah. and we embrace transparency and authenticity. Is that, am I, is that a stretch, yeah. what I just no. said? Or I think you're absolutely moving in the right direction. And what we always say to people is, you know, there's a point at which, um, and there's a, a great author, um, one, one of the other people who I think has said this really well, and I was fortunate enough to get to meet him as, a, as an author called Alex Edmonds, um, who wrote a book called Grow the Pie. This is not a marketing book. This is very much a business book. Grow the Pie? Mm-hmm. It's a little okay. dense, um, but what he's looking at is really 
you know, this concept of people have always seen it as a trade-off. I'm either going to pursue profits or I'm going to pursue impact. I cannot pursue both at the same time. His concept is you can actually grow the pie. There isn't this, you know, there isn't this trade-off in, I'm, I'm, in very fundamental terms because he goes into a lot more depth than I, that. I love that. And I, I think that that's me. Um, um, I don't know if you can do both because I've always felt I, I, I focus more on the impact than the, than the revenue. Um, and, and I'm, his, I'm not necessarily a, a wealthy uh uh, business person, but but I feel rich because of all the people I meet, all the opportunities I've had in this business, and everything I get out of it, and I try to give more than than yeah. I get from it. And and you're in good company because at this point that you know, depending on what source you read, anywhere from you know, forty fifty percent to like eighty to ninety percent of people in the workforce right now are willing to trade like up to a third of their lifetime earnings for more meaningful work. Yeah. You know, so it's a really great. a fascinating thing to see that you really are getting to this human so, place of work. Katie, I love that statistic and, and that's me and, and I was joking partly, but it really is me. I mean yeah. my whole career I've worked at a lot of different places. And by the way, I have a first draft of, of a book done called 20 Jobs, 20 Lessons. Cool. And a lot of it, yeah, yeah. And I'm having it edited now and hope to have it published within you know six months to a year. Awesome. 70,000 plus words. It's it's legit, the real deal. Yeah. And it's, it's all book. about all the places I've worked. And I there's a common thread here. And again, I don't use the term purpose-driven um, business or purpose-driven professional, but I have always just wanted to enjoy work and share what I do as a professional and learn from others and, and help people. I mean, I love, yeah. you know, I'm a teacher now, uh, adjunct professor. I love speaking to groups. Um, and again, I'm not trying to make this in any way about me, except I'm learning about what it is you do and it's striking a chord. With me. Thank you. Um, and to, to answer your question, no, I don't think what you're saying is outlandish. What what Alex said, and it was great to see somebody else say it, made me not feel like crazy, um, is that for purpose to really be effective, it should be focused and specific. Um, and really where we kind of draw the line and say, you've missed the boat, you know, are the people out there who are like, we're here to make the world better. We're like, that is not an effective purpose. Like that may be true, but it's not an effective purpose. Too general, too. Yeah. Too general, it's yeah. too broad. Like you are not Superman and you are not the only person that's gonna save the world. Like, but what you're pointing to of this underlying theme of like, I wanna make the world a better place. I wanna make a difference. I'm more interested in how I can be helpful and impactful and valuable than I am necessarily in being the richest person on planet earth um, is a wonderful theme that I think ties you know, purpose-driven or impact or social enterprises together, you know, you're, you're doing it in your way and I'm doing it my way, but we share that kind of common ground of, you know, we want to, we want to leave an impact. We want to leave a legacy is something I talk about a lot. We, we were joking before, again, I hit record about me not throwing you any curveballs, not throwing you any tough questions, but this is one I just thought of. I don't know if it's a tough question, but if I were to throw some brand names at you, would you be able to tell me what their purpose is? Do they all have purposes? In other words, are there like obvious brands that are obviously lacking in purpose that should be doing what you teach, what you do for your clients? And can I throw some brand names at you? You can, if you'd like. What I would say is I think <laughs> just about every company and nonprofit really could use this model. You know, I don't think you're too small, I, you know, and I have, I'm posting something on LinkedIn late, later today. Like everybody has, should have the opportunity to make impact. Everybody should be able well, to utilize this model. However, you know, there, you have to want to do it. And there are still lots of companies out there where like the goal is profit period. Well, they're they, not, there you go. Going. And that's so, so I tell you about my book. That's also a theme, by the way, that I feel most of my career and you know i love all the people i worked with all the companies i'm so grateful to for giving me the opportunity but i pretty much have noticed a common thread is earning revenue business yeah. not what we're talking about i've always wished there was a lot more about what, what we're talking about and i feel like i see it now out there a little bit more than i used to but we should see a lot more of it because these companies have so much money a lot of them do especially at the Absolutely. senior level and I've always felt people as human beings have an obligation to give back. And, and I feel like that's a part of what we're talking about. Absolutely. And I think that's where 
being purpose-driven and really, you know, and it's where my work, you know, when I think about like, what do I do to give back where I don't charge anything um, and really going out and trying to publish content and talk to people and, and speak or answer questions. You know, most people can, I, I accept anybody's LinkedIn request and we'll sit and book a meeting with you um, to talk about what this means and, and help people to understand the model. Cause there's still, um, even though all of my publishings and my, you know, concept of this is what the model is, is based on, you know, things, best practices, research, you know, existing thought leadership that's out there, you know, what we're not doing, um, at least in my humble opinion, is really taking that and moving it from like, can we consult with leaders? Can we tell them that this is a good idea? Can we arm them with the, the principles that they need to, okay, and here's now what you do on a day-to-day -day basis as a business to run in this new way. One, two, um, the other piece that I think is still missing is how do we rework our business tools um, to, to fit what it means to be purpose-driven because it isn't an either or. You mm -hmm. should, by pursuing a focused purpose, you'll have a smarter business, you'll be more yeah. effective, you will grow your revenues. Um, but there's, there still seems to be a gap around that. And it's, it's something I'm, I'm hoping to be part of solving that. Um, my, my second company, uh, Matter Pulse, is all about operationalizing the model, creating the through line that connects finance, impact, and people um, to really move that, to really move that through. It's, it's not a particularly good marketing conversation, but I, I do want to throw out there that there are people, and I talked to somebody else the other day, there are some of us out there saying, hold up, how do we start to translate this mm -hmm. from the brand marketing, messaging, strategic, right. conceptual end to the now what, what do we so do? So that's your ma matter pulse too, where you said yep. you operationalize what it is that you you teach and 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 preach at matter seven yes i can't forget that question i was going to throw at you because i think i think of one company in particular Who? i do a lot of videos about my again yeah. i'm i'm now a light has gone on um a bell has rung in, in my head that hey a lot of my videos a lot of what i talk about marketing and social media are about what we're talking about i just haven't yeah. used the term purpose driven because i talk about a lot of companies for instance, like Nike, okay. I feel Nike is a purpose-driven company. Am I correct? Job. Is it pretty obvious? So I would say they do a pretty good job. I have not roto-rootered them um, to go through and figure out like how well are they doing it. One of the things, um, there was a little bit of research that I have not had the pleasure of reading, but that was passed on to me secondhand, um, that people went out and looked at even companies we consider to be very impactful and determined that the vast majority of them don't have purpose statements. They might have a mission statement, they might have something else, but they don't have them. Um, and, and one of the biggest tick offs in the box to tell you that there may be a problem is that it's not published on their website anywhere. Um, so even though they've figured out they've, they've somehow figured out how to abide by the majority of the principles and do some really good things, they're still missing certain things that could make them even more effective, which is interesting to watch. So the consumer in me, in the marketer, and I love that term, Rota, Rotoring, um, yeah. them, a brand, um, there's a good brand, Rota, Roto, 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 Roto. <laughs> that we actually use them as a generic term. Um, yeah. If I were to, I'm going to try to be purposely funny here, um, Rota, Ruder, Nike, <laughs> yeah. two big brand names. You're saying possibly, so the consumer in me sees them as a strong purpose-driven operation, yeah. but you're saying it's possible that it's not through and through, can they check yeah. all the check boxes yes, until you do that assessment? It's something that we can do um, and yep. come in and help to better align companies um, or nonprofits where it's like, well, we, we've got some of the parts, but we're not sure we have all of the parts. And, you know, we, we put our purpose or our mission in place like 20 years ago. Is that still really relevant yep. to what we're doing? That? Like, so what do we need to do? Another, another organization, and again, uh, these are curveballs, um, and That's no okay. pun intended, because I'm going to bring up baseball and the Boston Red Sox. I feel they have become a purpose-driven organization. For instance, is this an example? they have these yellow uniforms that they're going to be wearing Patriots Day weekend and uh, out of respect to the Boston Marathon and especially um, in 2013 when the, the bombing took place at the finish line yeah. of the Boston Marathon, they've been very supportive of, of the marathon and honoring the Boston Marathon. Is that an example of a purpose-driven brand? Without, 
without knowing how it connects to the rest of their strategy, I don't know, um, because this goes back to, this could be their effort at, you know, like we're doing a really big recycling campaign. That's great, but that doesn't mean you have a corporate purpose. We're choosing to do something charitable and responsible, and that's a good thing, but that doesn't mean you have a corporate purpose or you've aligned as a purpose-driven business. Um, does that mean that there aren't plenty of companies who have strong CSR programs that are making positive impact and that's a good thing? Absolutely not. Like We don't want to take away from the fact that those are good things, but I think purpose-driven is sort of, if you're doing something generally impactful, people kind of stick that label on. Um, and at least people like me, I know this is that practitioner real life gap. No, you know, I want to hear like, this. Wait this a is, minute. Yep. You know, that doesn't mean that they actually have a stated and focused purpose and that they've aligned their business to achieve that. That's really I love what that. I mean. if, if, if I was going to say, if anyone's listening, watching, plenty of people listening and watching, once we put this out there, all of the people listening and watching, this is really important. Because here's yeah. a market and myself, you know, almost 40 years in the business and I'm seeing certain organizations and I'm probably looking at how they promote these initiatives, which are great initiatives in and of themselves. Yeah. But what Katie's saying is let's look um, under the hood, if you will. And, mm -hmm. and that's where we want to go in 2021 and Absolutely. beyond is looking under the hood, businesses, yourselves, and with the help of Katie and and other other folks um, internally and external resources, and make sure it's it's operationalized, informalized, and permanent, not just ephemeral uh, for the sake of marketing and, and PR purposes. We are, which is I think where where it tends to get stuck. And and on some levels, I'm of the mindset that I'm like, if you're not really doing it all the way, don't do it. You know, like you could put your business at risk. You know, for people saying like we know you're just posturing or we know that you jumped on this particular bandwagon because it's posturing, in the yeah. news right now. And now I'm, I'm pissed at you, you know, yep. and that can cause a lot of problems. Um, but it's, sort it's of, fraudulent. It's not, it's not sincere. Exactly. Um, yeah. but to sort of fraudulent is a strong word, but it's not, it's not through and through sincere. Absolutely. It's, <clears throat> it's, we're only doing this because we're hoping that by promoting this cause, it's going to have business value to us. And we're like, Oh, like you've now got into this for the wrong reason, not because, purpose and profit aren't linked, they are, um, but because you're, you're trying to use it as a, 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 a you're manipulative, there's like a manipulative yep, angle yep, to that. Yep. that, that I, I like, understand that. We're like, this... oh, um, to look at it from the other way, which, which people don't, um, but because I work with nonprofits and for-profits, you know, people always think like, oh, you know, corporate donated check to XYZ, isn't that great? One of the things that has always driven me nuts as a, as a brander is like, why did you pick that company? You know, I used to watch startup pitches and then they're like, and by the way, we're donating 10% to XYZ. And you're like, that has nothing to do with your company. It has nothing to do with your mission. It has nothing to do with the problem you're solving. Like, why are you making a donation there? Versus I work with a nonprofit who has sort of an uncanny level of industry support. But for those businesses, you know, one just came in recently this year um, where this is a startup company that's out using sensors to make workers safer, to, to try to lessen the number of workplace injuries, they chose to partner with a nonprofit that provides scholarships to children who have, to children of workers who have been killed or injured on the job. Like now you're thinking in a more aligned capacity of like, of course we would support this charity because this makes perfect sense with what else that we're doing versus we made a donation to a charity, um, which is something that as a marketer, you know, and especially as a brander, you know, we always talked about being like, how brand aligned is this? And for me, I'm like, this is a group of companies that figured out that this is not only good to do, but it's very brand aligned. And as a result, they have, you know, not only a check being written, but very engaged employees, you know, like mm -hmm. it makes sense um, mm -hmm. for them to be doing it. And that's usually one of the litmus tests I ask people is like, well, why did you pick this charity? Does it make sense with what else you're right. doing? And yep. usually you start to get the, oh, well, we felt like we should do something, you know, yep. and we're like, okay, well, let's think about what something you should do. Exactly. You know, so that it doesn't look like a, you know, red herring. Um, Make it more because... strategic, more thought through. Um, yes. Yeah. And for the record, I, I want to go back and say, I think my amateur and i say amateur because i'm not a purpose-driven <laughs> marketer per se my amateur impression is that a company like nike and an organization like yeah. the red sox are doing a lot of the right things yep. um but what you are saying and i agree any organization 
if we're only seeing certain issues, we need to look under the hood. And, yes. and any company should look under its own hood. Um, yeah. Today, more than ever, this is important with and regard to purpose-driven marketing. Can I segue a little bit, if you don't absolutely. mind? Because um, I want to learn, if you don't mind, more about you and sure. how you get to this point. Because I think at the beginning, I said, tell us about yourself and your journey. I love hearing about uh, professional and personal journey. Yeah. So, so you can combine personal and professional. But how did you get to this point? Where did you... Can you tell me where you went to college and other jobs sure. before you started your own business, that kind of thing? So I, um, I was an athlete for a very, I was always a multi-hyphenate. Um, that was like a new term somebody introduced me to. A I multi what? Multi-hyphenate. Um, I've never heard that <laughs> the concept, term. you know, that you do, I have neither. I was like, that's cool. The concept that you're a, you know, a founder and an artist and a whatever, you know, like that you don't just do one yes, thing. Yes, I love I was, that. That's like a three, um, oh, what is it? In baseball, it's called something like three, four, five yeah. point star. I forget. They can they can throw, they can catch, they can hit. Exactly. We called it a triple threat in, in yeah. theater, if you could theater, say yes. dance. Theater, and, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so it was. Uh, that's you. Uh, Look at yes, that. It was like one of the things that I was like, oh, that's cool to have a word for it. You know, me, I just always did things that I thought were really interesting. And I was somebody who had a hard time if you said to me, like, you have to pick one. I would be like, oh, my God, that sounds awful, you know, because my brain needs enough space to, to sort of go back and forth. Um, but I started as an athlete for a long time. What uh, sport? I, You're saying athlete. I was a swimmer. Um, oh. I was a swimmer for a long time. Um, That's a great sport. That's a tough sport. Yeah. I have done some swimming. Um, I'm a runner. And a few winters oh, okay. ago, I was ser serious hamstring injury. So I took a couple, three months off. I forget how long during the winter. And I did lap swimming. And yeah. that is a tougher sport than people realize. And oh, yeah. It felt so good to do those lap swims, you know, over and over and over again. Yeah, it's the over and over and over again that like I, I had reached a point where I would swim with my eyes closed because I'd be in practice for like three hours, four hours, five hours, oh. six hours, you know, and after a while you're like, there's nothing, like I can only look at the line on the bottom of the pool so long, you know, like in your ways to entertain yourself. Um, but I, I reached a point where I was like, you know, I need to now look at college. I need to figure out what I want to do. Like while being an athlete has been great. Like, I don't necessarily care if I get to the Olympics. It's an odd thing to say, but it's true. Um, and I don't really want to be a coach. Like, what do I do next? You know, you're like a serious I, athlete. You just mentioned the Olympics. Like that yeah, was something almost, you were. That's the, the track that most people follow. Like, were you, you following, were you on that path? Yes. Um, they were like, you want to keep moving through this and, you know, get a D one scholarship and then you can make your way to trials and do, you know, like that's, you're not if you're in athletics like that's what you're going to do yes. you're either going to pursue a professional sport or you're going to become a coach um and all of those things i was like i don't i'm not this is not my trajectory um and i determined that i was also feeling very pressured to get rid of other interests i had because i didn't have enough time um so i reprioritized life i had a friend who was very active in the theater program um, and was like you know i think you could make a lot more use of your varied skills here um, and he turned out to be absolutely correct. Um, and I ended up getting a real interest in technical theater as a scenic designer, a properties master and a stage manager. And when I went to college, I went to undergrad at Emerson. Um, and I actually got a degree in design technology with a focus in scenic and props design. Um, and then a, a second degree in writing literature and publishing so that I could yeah, continue that. You, that you got it all going on. You, you talked about storytelling. You are a great communicator as well. I, I, Thank you. I, you if, if no one's told you that before, um, I'd be surprised because you are extremely commanding as a, a communicator in general. So I Thank told you. you I'm working on a book. You need to at some point in time work on a book or two or three. One day. <laughs> I dreamed of it for years. So it yeah, took me exactly. about it's like 35 like plus star. years. But, but seriously, um, start with ebooks or something or short stories or thank you but i'm saying because it's easier it's quicker but yeah one at a time no you um, have the command of the language and the command of where, where you're going and, and i can relate about being interested in many different things i've been all, yeah. all over the place in my career as well um but i i never was a the, the swimmer that you are yeah. Apparently, that's impressive. Not anymore. Now we're just sad. Um, and I, I, people are like, "Oh, you're like you're a really good athlete. You should be able to do lots of things." My mother always used to smirk and be like, "No, she's not. She's a really good swimmer. She trips over her own two feet, which is a hundred percent true." Like I have fallen off of stationary bikes. I trip walking down the street. Like I just, I kick a soccer ball. My foot goes over the ball. The ball keeps rolling. Like I just don't. 
Like I could <laughs> swim. That was it. Um, I have taken up boxing over the last year as a way to stay healthy, which has been great, but I'm not even going to pretend like that's a pretty sight to watch. Um, it's just good for me to do and, and I find it active, um, you know, keeps me moving. How have you been during the pandemic? You said you took up boxing. One thing is, you know, it's so, it's so interesting. We missed, <clears throat> at least I personally, like completely missed the start of the pandemic um, because we were knee, like, like chest high in the middle of a brand launch, um, which then suffered some unique challenges because certain communications pathways and processes got messed up, um, which no one was anticipating. So nobody planned for, um, we navigated, we survived brand got launched. Um, and then until we did that and the, the immediate steps that come after that, it was like may, and it was like, Oh, okay. We're really in a pandemic. Um, I'm fortunate that matter seven and matter pulse, um, are totally remote companies and have always been while matter seven had an office, um, on Boylston street in Boston. Um, it was really there for like when we needed to gather the team, when we needed to do a working session, if we wanted to meet with a client, but it was by no means required. Um, so for my team to, you know, say, okay, we're going to pause on the office for right now. We're really going to, you know, be remote first was not foreign to us. Um, and we were fortunate to have, a, have several long-term clients or existing clients who said, no, we're pressing ahead with the plans that we have. So we actually grew um, a little bit in 2020, not magnanimously, but a little bit. Um, and we'll you. Be really, awesome. thank you. Thank you. To me, it's like, we're still here. Yay. Um, you're more than here. You're more than surviving. You're thriving. We're thriving. Um, one of the things that we did do was really look at, as I said, we rebranded, but, but we also looked at, you know, how do we get our service into seven steps? How do we make sure that we're promoting the things that we do best and finding partners for the things that we don't do? As I'm sure you're incredibly aware, marketing oh, yeah. is a massive umbrella. Um, and I just have always been a believer that you know, I don't need to be the master of all things. I need to no, pick the things we do well. You can't possibly do it all, marketing. You can't. Yeah, people who say they do, I'm immediately like, I'm skeptical of you. Like, do you do all of these things? No, because um, again, I, I teach marketing. I've been in marketing forever. I don't know if I know any other. Now I do. Um, I don't know if I've ever known a purpose-driven marketer or a purpose-driven marketing firm. So that's Katie Burkhart now yes. in Matter 7. And, and you know, it's an example of how many moving parts there are in marketing. Um, you know, I, again, I teach marketing. We do touch upon purpose-driven marketing. And yeah. so I've, I've known about it only, you know, for a few years though, really. Um, it, it's, it is fairly new, right? Yes. Coming to well, the purpose. debatable. Um, the concept of having a purpose or having a mission, you know, depending on the type of organization you are, like nonprofits have had to, like, they legally have to have a mission, you know, yeah, of course. forever. Of course. Um, and there have been pockets of this for a long time. You know, Simon Sinek came out with his very yeah. famous talk in 2009, you know, so like, yep. okay. it's been out there. I think. Yeah, but you just said been, 2009. That's not that long. No, 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 no. This isn't like this is hundreds of years. And it's, it's of 10, course we're doing 15, it that 20 way. Years. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's within the, it's within my lifespan that this has been yeah. like, oh, perhaps we should do this differently. Um, and I think where, you know, when I, I look ahead at marketers um, and I say, okay, well, where could marketers be going and branders be going and, and communications people be going? You know, my advice is always get the heck out of the marketing department. Um, because if you're really looking to do this and run business this way, which is your choice, you don't have to, um, you're going to need to start connecting the dots um, internally as much as you're going to need to connect the dots to the messaging going out. Because frankly, the dots should be connected inside first, you know, do first, tell second. Um, right. versus telling people you're going to do this great thing. How about you start the initiative and then pe tell people that you're going to do it. Um, mm -hmm. it, just, it makes your claims so much stronger. Yeah. Um, and that's something I'm starting to see it. There's some, there's some interesting tendrils out there of people doing different things. And I'm like, yay. Um, but I, I'm, I'm hoping as we move forward, I know there's been a lot of, and I don't know what, what your perspective is, but I've read some interesting things on like the pressure on CMOs to be sort of touching product and touching sales and, you know, touching all of these different things in a way that has been different than perhaps it was before. Absolutely. Um, and we're and, sort of waving the flag and being like, you're really, you really don't have a choice, especially if you're talking about brand. And you mentioned nonprofits. I do have a lot of experience working with nonprofits going way, way back. So I started my career as a copywriter and, and have worked both B2B, B2C, but also nonprofits. I, I worked at a great company called L.W. Robbins Associates back in, geez, the late 80s. And then again, around 2001, 2002, 
three, four, that time frame. I was a boomerang employee for them. Great, great company. L.W. Robbins Associates had a lot of nonprofit yeah. um, clients. THD in Lexington I worked at, um, same. Um, Newport Creative down in Duxbury, same. So what I'm saying is I've, I've worked with a lot of nonprofits and by nature, innately, they, they you could say are purpose-driven, correct? Yes. Yeah, because well, that's in their mission. They are impact organizations fundamentally because they have no choice. But, but one of the things that I've found is that very few of them have a purpose because they're like, well, we have our mission. We don't need a purpose. And we're like, but you do like, but why are you doing these things? Like, it's great that you're offering a meals program, but like, why, what are you trying to, what are you trying to do? And that, that hopefully moves them towards like, what outcomes do we measure? There are infinite opportunities for you in matter seven, I would imagine. We, we like to think so. Um, even if what we're doing is coming into someone that's gotten 80% of the way there and they're saying to us, what else can we do to do this better? You know, how can we maximize what we're doing or where we've invested? Great, let's do that. Um, I have a client that's been with us for years um, who's actually coming back to us and saying like, A, we need some help looking at the, this core strategy specifically, you know, our logo and stuff like that's all fine, but we need to look at this core strategy. And then we actually want to talk to Matter Pulse about like, and what do we measure to prove that we're doing these things, um, which is something that we sort of assume somebody's doing somewhere, um, but there's still sort of a pervasive, like what was a good thing to do and that's good enough. You know, and, and yes, you can take measurement to an extreme where it's no longer productive um, because it lacks meaning and it's overwhelming. Um, but having some measures in place to be able to say, like, we did something, for example, um, people look at Tom's shoes and they say like, oh, they buy one, they give one, it's great, period. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, no period. Like there is so much after that as far as like, how do they do it? which shoes get donated, how do they distribute yep. the shoes. And in fact, there's been some good articles coming out. I'm trying to find someone at Tom's to talk to because I'd like to, I just, I'm purely curious. They have reworked their entire giving model because they realized they were actually causing problems um, in dumping all these shoes into different ecosystems. You know, so they were having unintended negative consequences that they didn't think about and they needed to step back so and really granularly understand the impact they were making, how they were making it, et cetera. So it's, it's interesting to watch that. So I asked you about two other organizations earlier on. It sounds like in answer to my question might be that earlier question, Tom's shoes is a good example. Am I hearing yes. that? A purpose-driven They're a strong brand. example. And I strong think they're an at least and, in what I've been able to read, because I haven't gotten to talk to anybody, they're also an example that I appreciate because they're willing to talk about their journey and be able to say like, oh, you know, we coined the buy one. I mean, arguably they coined yep. the buy one, give one model. And we've realized that it's not sufficient and or that there are problems with it at scale. And we're willing to step you, back and do something about it. You get me to thinking, uh, again, my mind goes in many different places. I like bracelets. I don't have one on now, but I've bought those loci or lo yeah. loki. Are they loci or loki? Don't ask me. I pronounce yeah. everything Let's wrong. Let's say loci. I think they are bracelets and they give a certain percentage of the sale yep. to a nonprofit. And it seems like to, to, again, my amateur eyes that they would be an example of a purpose-driven brand. Is that yes. they're at least They're at well? least taking the first step of like, we've baked it into our commercial model. Yeah. Like it's guaranteed to happen. It's not something this that is we think about. Extremely educational. This, this session, I believe that in my heart and in my brain that this is extremely educational and and you mentioned Tom's shoes how do you reach out to them you know you're talking to someone who uses social media and Twitter you know like all day every day unless I'm recording the podcast or teaching at Suffolk University or MCPHS and everything else I'm doing with my clients but I'm on social media all the time we need to take that little clip a few minutes ago of you talking about Tom's shoes and, and tag them on Twitter and say, hey, Katie wants to talk to you. Because oh, isn't that what so I heard? Cool. You want to talk to them? Yes, I would yeah. love to talk to you know, whoever. I Reach just out to them on Twitter. And I saved an article because I want to read it. Um, whoever's directing their sustainability just uh, was just interviewed talking about like, here's our new plan. Um, and I'm interested to read what's in the plan, but would love to know like, utterly no judgment, um, but purely understand like, what did you go through to get to the new plan? What did you discover? Yeah. You know, how are you? you know, taking it a couple steps deeper, like how are you really putting this together? Because I know they're very thoughtful. Um, All Birds is actually doing a fairly good job Ooh. with certain things. All Birds, the, All the, Birds. the shoe company. Um, I don't the, know that shoe company. Oh, you should look them up. All um, Birds. 
A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S, all yeah, birds. Yeah, as it sounds, um, okay. They, yes, unless it's not always. Um, they are. They really went into footwear and they wanted to develop a more sustainable shoe using more sustainable materials. But one of the things that they did that I thought was, you know, again, haven't looked at them in depth, but one of the things they did that I was like, that's very purpose-driven in nature is they said, we're here to, to achieve what we're trying to achieve and make things more sustainable. So like they developed a particular material that was way more sustainable. They made the ingredients open source, you know, because their yep. attitude wasn't, this isn't for us to keep. We want more companies to use this material. So we're going to make it open source. That's a very, you know, hey, collaborative way to approach things. You are on to something. I know you know that. Um, I have kids, you know, two sons, uh, you know, col college age, a little older than college age. And, and I know, this is how they shop from teaching all the college students I do. I know this is how, you know, Gen Z, some millennials um, shop based on what they see in terms of the brands and businesses um, doing. And I mean, doing, not just saying yeah. uh, with regard to sustainability, with regard to purpose. So you are on to something big. Um, um, matter seven is going to become matter, you know, 777. It's <laughs> <laughs> you're going to become huge. I mean, the, your business, if, if you want it to be, because I think you are like, you know, just in the infancy of this, this thing that, that should be big. I, I, your lips to God's ears, as it were, um, we're, we're excited about everything that we're working on. It's been, you know, when I think about, you know, what gets me really excited, you know, and what I'm doing is when I talk to people and they're like, this is really exciting or more importantly, like not self-validation of like, you know, yeah, I already knew that. And it's great. But those people who say like, I never thought about it this way before, but this actually makes a lot of sense. Um, and really being able to help people, I think, look at this in a way that, that it perhaps hasn't been looked at before. Um, and hopefully get to people who maybe didn't self-identify as impact focused, but yeah. helping them to realize that they could be. Well, almost, you know, frankly, like myself, I don't formalize or identify necessarily as a purpose-driven uh, personal brand, but I, the more I learn about this, I think it is ingrained in me. I think I've always been, and again, not patting myself on the back, but uh, aligned with everything we're talking about. Yeah, I've just never formalized it and, and maybe, again, even realized it. I think it's so important, everything that we're talking about. I'm looking at the clock. I want to gradually wind things down, if you don't okay. mind. So I want to get to a few other questions that, that may be a little off topic in terms of purpose-driven. That's okay brands again a little more more personal um but relating to professional you know i do a ton of social media that's my thing i embraced it early on started my blog in 2004 and 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 haven't looked back i'm a traditional marketer copywriter creative director but again i i went into the social media field uh hard and heavy early on and and love everything to do with social media and so I can't, it'd be remiss if I don't ask you a few questions in terms of how does your brand, how does your business use social media? How do you personally use social media and what specifically channels might you use in, in, in favor? So this is a, in short, not well. Um, and this is an area where we could learn a lot from you um, as far as how we could do this better and take, take more advantage of it. Um, and I think one of my personal hurdles, which is, has affected my businesses, but we're speaking of Jesse Cohn, we're working to try to change that, um, is that I don't, you know, I don't think to be pushing myself out there all the time. It's not my nature. I'm, I'm definitely a worker bee heads down doing, doing the project. And then I forget that like, there's that promotional aspect. Um, but the, the platform that I like the most and that I think I use the most, and I think will continue to lose the most, both personally and, and for my companies is actually LinkedIn. Um, and Which I, and is right here on my left monitor. Yes. People can't see, but you are, and, and I can't believe we weren't connected until I might not be connected. I think I sent you the request. I accepted, right I hope. Yeah. Um, if I didn't, I'll fix it. Because I'm um, looking at you on LinkedIn here and right here on thank you. straight ahead on Zoom. Go ahead. Um, but <laughs> it's been, you know, really the platform I had probably adopted right after Facebook because Facebook was like brand new and cool when, when it came out and I was the right age. Um, but LinkedIn was probably the one I grabbed next. And of all of them, you know, it, it has not lost my favor. Um, I appreciate that. You know, I, there are people have very different. And I was in a conversation earlier this week about like, do you accept people who just connect with you? Do you have to know them to connect with them? You know, I'm like, 
it's a networking platform. Like if you want to talk to me, connect with me, let's put 15 minutes on the books. Now, if I can't Mm -hmm. get you to talk to me and I don't know who you are, um, I may remove you at some point because I do try to be a little mindful that like I, I know peripherally everybody in my network. So if somebody asks for an introduction, I'm like, Ooh, guess what? I don't actually know them. Um, because that's not helpful. Um, but it's really been a great place for me to both meet totally new people. Cause I'm not above like seeing somebody's post and being like, you seem like a smart person. Like I'm going to connect to you and see if we can talk for 15 minutes. Um, and it's also been a great place for me to share what I'm working on and to hear from other people, both you know, I think LinkedIn still leaves room for people to share their professional journeys mm-hmm. with a level of personalization that I appreciate. Um, but there's generally speaking a good amount of value in whatever's being shared versus dog videos, which mm-hmm. dogs cool. are adorable. But, <laughs> but personally, I find that LinkedIn is where I gravitate. Probably runner up is Medium, um, which is something that a lot of people don't consider it social. Some people consider it a publishing platform. But if you really want to get the most out of it, you should be it's treating social it as a media. social platform. I've used Medium in the past, and I saw some of your, I think, your articles on, on Medium. Yes, when I've been publishing that. there since yeah. I started. Um, I've liked it. It's been a great way to get out there, to meet publications. I'm hoping to use it in reverse and get people to contribute to a small publication. So I'm starting. So, I would highly, if you don't mind me Go saying ahead. so, encourage you to use Twitter. And yeah. you could connect directly with a lot of brands and a lot of people quite easily because once they're following you, certainly there's implied consent to talk to them. Talk to them. But, but even if they're not connected to you, that it's an open network. I mean, unlike LinkedIn, you, um, well, LinkedIn, I guess you can tag people you don't know, but Twitter, you definitely can tag people yes. you don't know and, and, and just say, hey, love to talk to you talk about to this. You. Or, hey, thought you might be interested in this. And I just find Twitter fascinating. Oh, um, you know, you is- could take quotes from this video. We could take little snippets. Like I say, you could literally take out the snippet where you say you want to talk to Tom's and you tag them. And because it's public yeah. and so transparent, most more often than not, I think you're going to get a response from if, yeah. if, if what you're asking for is, is legit and aligned with, you know, their brand. So that's a suggestion. Um, but, you know, you have so much to share. I mean, there's so much content. Um, you're blogging, you're, you're article writing, yes. but videos, you could do a lot of video, Katie. You're really right. good, you Thank know, you. as a speaker and articulate because there's so much education. You know, I think hearing from you, seeing the passion, the enthusiasm, seeing that your heart's in it. Um, that's what's going to help you sell, I think, and reach out to more and more people. Well, thank you, Bob. Um, I, <laughs> just, I very just, much appreciate that. Um, and I think your point about Twitter is a good one um, and one that I have not, totally on me, have not excelled at. Um, and I'm very fortunate, or Matter7 is very fortunate that we have good social media partners who, who handle this for our clients so that we don't have to figure it out. Yeah, and you might, listen, I, I tell clients and friends, you know, it doesn't mean you, you need it and, and should be using it. It just means... I think you'd be pleasantly surprised if yeah. you were to use it regularly, how much you'd um, benefit, but also how much the people there would benefit from hearing from you. That's, that's you know, probably my biggest point, that there is an audience, there has to be, that's bigger than you've yet reached for what you have to offer. Because you know, this, in this day and age, especially during the pandemic, the, the reasons for being as human beings and as businesses has surfaced um, yeah. higher and more prominently than ever. I think people are looking in the mirror, people are um, reflecting and, and saying, you know, coming out of this pandemic, who do I want to be? What yeah. do I want to be? You know, as a company, geez, we got to be more to our employees. We got to be more to our, our constituents, um, our prospects those yeah. who who depend on us for products and services and advice and education and information. We need to be more than just talk and, yes. and what we are currently delivering. We need to have a bigger purpose and, 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 and actions speak louder than words. And 100%. you're the one to help them with all of that, Katie, to hold their hand as they go through that process. Well, I certainly hope so. Um, and, and to everything you just said, I think one of the questions that, that companies and people um, can be asking themselves right now is, you know, who do I help them become? You know, who are you helping your employees become? Who are you helping your customers become? You know, by virtue of the fact that they're 
you know, engaging with your brand in whatever way that they're choosing to do that. Um, I think that that's a, we talk about that, you know, in customer personas in different ways, but I still think that's a, it was a question that was introduced to me and something I was reading and I'm like, that's a really good question. And it, and it gives a different perspective on what you're thinking about, you know, that it's, it's not just about your actions. It's that your actions serve the purpose of, of helping someone else. And it's putting that someone else, usually your customer, um, but, but certainly your team as well. Um, you know, in that center stage role. Katie, if people wanted to connect with you, if they wanted to reach out to you, you obviously mentioned LinkedIn. Um, yes. You could reinforce that when you uh, answer this question. I, I want to ask, how can people reach you, connect with you, follow you? Feel free, please, to give out URLs and social Absolutely. media presence, phone number. <laughs> so the number one place to find me is probably on LinkedIn. Um, please connect with me, send me a message. If you want to talk, I will get you my calendar link and we will set something up. Um, I'm very happy to do that. Um, the second place um, to take a look if you enjoyed this dialogue and you want to learn more about purpose-driven business is um, I have created a resource um, for, you know, what does that mean and how do I go about doing it called matterlogic.co uh, um, that you are welcome to go learn more about. And if you really want to take that next step, um, we are looking to launch um, in the next couple of weeks a weekly brief with one point at a time that you can act on on how to run as a purpose-driven business. It's going to be direct from me to you. Um, you can sign up for that newsletter on that website. Um, and then additionally, if you just want to follow me in broader strokes, I write a monthly newsletter. Um, and my there's a link to my newsletter in my LinkedIn bio, um, but you can also go to katieburkhart.me backslash newsletter um, and feel free to sign up for that as well. Katie, phenomenal. I mean, this has been an hour or so of, of education um, and enjoyment for me. And, and I know once this hits the airways, if you will, podcast version, YouTube version, snippets, you know, I break it up into clips. I think people are going to love this conversation and, and learn so much about purpose-driven businesses, brands, marketing, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. This has been a delightful conversation. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, everybody who's watching. Thanks, everybody who's listening. This is Bob Cargill from Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. I will see you, talk to you again soon.